Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Merry Christmas. I'm Dave Butler. I'm Grace Freeman. Welcome to your Christmas class. For, don't miss this. This is, our, this is the week where um, you skip out of the New Testament for a minute, although we're going to be in the New Testament. So, and skip we do back. Yeah, skip, yeah, skip back to the beginning of the year. Where we can talk about Christmas. Kind of cool because we were in Luke at the very beginning of the year, and we want to take you back today to the book of Luke for Christmas. So it'll be a little bit shorter, and you won't be sad because last week was 88 hours long, but that's not our fault. That's the book of Revelation's fault. You can blame John when you get to heaven. <laughs> Everyone's in line for yeah. him to be yeah. angry. Like, Hi, good to meet you. Why did you write such a long book? Um, and <laughs> crazy. you can uh, thank Luke for the Christmas story when you get there, too. So Perfect. you can wait in two lines uh, when you get to heaven. But we uh, it's been so awesome. to uh, we're, We have one more episode next week of the New Testament and then the Book of Mormon. We'll start the week after that. I think the Book of Mormon, the first episode of the Book of Mormon drops on Christmas Day. Oh, that's <laughs> Everyone's like... So you probably won't see it then. And maybe not until the next week it's or It's going to be fine so, if you yeah. don't. It's going to be okay. Um, before presents, kids, we're going to watch <laughs> Revelation this? chapters. It'll be a, Everyone hates us. We become everyone's enemies. <laughs> They're like, oh. All the kids. So um, that's what you have to look forward to. And uh, today we're going, we're going to go to Luke 2, and we're just going to walk through the story of Luke 2 and uh, just kind of talk about that very first Christmas, kind of going back and forth. We do have to give a shout out to our friend Eva Timothy, who this is my favorite piece of Christmas art, the one on the screen. Um, I leave is, it up all year. I'm not even kidding. It's such a good. It's if y'all so can't beautiful. see, it's this little shepherd boy, and he's peeking up and he's looking into the manger. And little baby Jesus in the manger, in the hay. And there's a little lamb that I just noticed <laughs> in the star. It's just a... So cute. Anyways. You love it. I know we're going to get a lot of questions, but what was that art piece? So there it is right at the very... Yeah, you know. Right at the very beginning. All right, Luke 2. Luke is... Luke tells us the, the Christmas story. And what I think is kind of neat is the beginning of the book of Luke, way back at the beginning of the year, maybe you remember this, that Luke says he went and he interviewed the eyewitnesses. Uh to the miracles and to the stories of Jesus. And so every time I read this story, I just think to myself, who did he get the story from? From Mary, from Joseph, from the shepherds? Who, did, who gave him uh, the story? And uh, I like to think it's Mary, not just because of the chosen episode, but oh, so true. it just feels like... The, and that um, one verse. The, yeah, the one verse that you're just like, like you 19. couldn't have known that um, without her telling you. Yeah. And so... There's, um, this is just such an awesome story. So let's start off. Luke 2, verse 1. And uh, you can pretend that um, you're in your jammies on Christmas Eve. And because uh, that's, that's my, that's my <laughs> hack for Christmas Eve. Open the jammies first, then read Luke 2. <laughs> your kids are going to love that <laughs> so hack. That nobody's anxious. It starts like this. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a, de a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And I was thinking about this the other day, that it's interesting that the Christmas story starts off on this note, that everybody has these little signs and posters by, you know, not posters, but those wooden signs on the front door, and 
prints in their house for Christmas and they say hallelujah or they say um, for unto us a child is born or jingle bells or something. But a more appropriate Christmas word is actually taxation. <laughs> like put that on a big poster. Because the Christmas story actually starts in this degrading way of Rome putting their boot on the necks of of the people in there um, under their, their province, particularly um, the Jews who they kind of butt heads with. And it's, it's interesting that that story starts so not just unexpectedly, but disappointingly that, and, and the Christmas story gives all of us hope that if our story looks like um, a forced taxation, like something you didn't want to happen, if your story is beginning in a way that you wished it wouldn't have, Perhaps there's good news around the corner for you. So I've always thought that's interesting. It just flows off the tongue. You recognize it as the Christmas story. But because I'm so familiar with the Christmas story, I, I haven't ever stopped to sit in it and think, what would that have been like when that letter came in, in the mail? Like, I know what it's like when, you know, the, the car registration thing comes. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, crap, you know, or a bill comes or something unexpected that you're just like, I'm not prepared. I was not prepared for this. I didn't financially prepare for this bad news. And it was and, terrible timing. Yeah. Not only that, but it's like, wait, for real? This is right now? For them, yeah. And it actually leads you to, to wonder and think a question that's common to ask is we might be in the service of the Lord and bad news comes and we quickly question his heart and his character because we think, are you kidding? Like Mary's like, I said yes to this. And Joseph's like, I said yes to this. Do you know how many friends we lost? Do you know how many job opportunities we lost? Do you know how many people whisper behind our back at the grocery store because of this? And now we, we have, we, how are we going to pay for that trip? What are we supposed to do? If, you, if you're a day laborer, if you live paycheck to paycheck, how are you supposed to take a, a six-day round trip on the back of a donkey? Like, how are you supposed to pay for any of that? And so um, if you feel like you're in that place, you, might, you, you relate to the Christmas story but it might give you hope because you know the end of the Christmas story and maybe that's a foreshadow of the end of, of yours. Mm, beautiful. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David. Yeah, boy. <laughs> which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. Smiley face. I knew you were going to love that part. <laughs> I'm sure everyone looks in the actual scriptures. <laughs> Smiles at you after David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Like you were saying, bad timing. Yeah, horrible timing. For them. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Um, that's interesting. While they were there, while they were in that unexpected place, um, this delivery happened. And I thought about this this morning, that we have nativity scenes up on our shelves, and it's so sweet. And Mary's there and the baby and all the people. But this was a delivery room. This was labor and delivery. And don't you love anybody who has been through a labor and delivery reads verse six. And you're like, that's so nice that you just put that just so quickly. That Okay. <laughs> and then she was delivered. Not, not thinking not about. Yeah. But I do love that the Savior compares himself in, in such terms throughout scripture. It made me think there was a labor that brought a delivery. And that, those are such Jesus words, that there were blood, sweat, and tears that brought about a delivery. And so um, this was a birth story, to be, you know, his, his coming day, the day he came to the world. But 
I think there's something significant about that Christmas is around these words that are so Savior-centric. Beautiful. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there's just something about that that no matter what, it makes me want to pause and just think he was the God of greatness. That's what he was going to be known for, the savior of the world, the prince of peace. And he actually brought greatness to a manger. Mm. You know, it's not even like, it was nothing particular. It wasn't at all how it should have happened. And there's something so important to me that I think this whole story is actually a story for ordinary people. It happened from the very beginning. Mary was an ordinary girl. Joseph was an ordinary boy. The, the baby Jesus was actually born in a manger, the most ordinary place, maybe even less than ordinary. And the visitors that come first are actually ordinary as well. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something so powerful that he wants you to know from the very beginning. Listen, I can still be the God of greatness in a manger. He elevates that scene. Anybody else who paint that scene in history would think, why would I ever want a painting of a stable on my wall? Why would I ever want a painting of unfortunate circumstances or a model of it sitting on my shelf? But he took something degrading, if not ordinary, and he turned it into something that we hang up and and find joy in. And just that's such an awesome thought. Um, in that, and there were in that same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. I love that phrase, the same country. They were right there and the miracles were happening in the same country. And until they're alerted of it, and until they get to see it for themselves, they, they don't even know. It makes me wonder how many miracles are happening in this same area, right next door to me. I love the thrill of thinking I could just be doing my nine to five, and right next door, Jesus could be doing his greatest work. They were all the most ordinary people. Shepherds had the most ordinary job. The innkeeper actually had the most ordinary job ever. Like it wasn't even like extravagant. And how exciting that in your ordinary life, that's actually where Jesus is going to meet you. Yeah, so cool. cool. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings, or we would say good news, or gospel of great joy, which shall be to all people. And we talk about shepherds as being ordinary people, but they're actually bottom of the totem pole socially. We're talking, these are kind of people who can't, coming out of, you know, they just can't hold a job. They're just seen as the very, very dregs, you know, the lowest level of social class. And, and it's awesome that it says to all people. But to, to let them know, first and foremost, this is his first sermon. This is for all people. And let's, let's swing the wise men in here right now, just because, you know, um, we're going to end before the wise men ever get there two years later. And so let's swing them into the story right now and include them in all people. Like, traditionally, they would have been... Like from they're another from another place from the east and most likely pagan worshippers, and they get brought in. And it seems as if Jesus's initial sermon through the story of his birth is how. Oh, you guys! I found this 
awesome quote today about the wise men. Hold on. I'm going to read it to you because you're just going to love it. Okay, ready? Shepherds, wise men, all of the above, listen to this. If today you find it unlikely that God would include someone like you or someone else, this part of the story unequivocally tells us that he does. The Magi, the shepherds, remind us that the breadth of God's grace is scandalously enormous. Today, we remember God's love for and relentless pursuit of outsiders. Scandalously enormous? Yeah. That this oh my is gosh. Like, that's his first message to the world is, you're all included. Bottom of the social class, as far out as we can reach. And P.S., it took the wise men two years to get there. And let that be a lesson that he is patiently waiting for us to finally come unto him. It, it might happen on that night, but it might happen two years later. And whether it's distance or time or religion or class or whatever it is that separates from you, the, the invitation is far reaching. And his love will shock you. That's mm -hmm. how far it goes. Yeah. And it makes me think that maybe... Yeah, maybe they were afraid and the angels come and they were so afraid and the, the angels said, fear not. And maybe they were afraid because of the angels. But it also makes me wonder when you say that, were they afraid that the angels went to the wrong people? Mm. You know, were they afraid the message actually wasn't for them? And then all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 listen, you don't have to be afraid. We didn't mess up. You're exactly who we wanted to see. Mm. You're included in this. It's for everyone. So awesome. And can I take 11? Because my favorite one says my name. Yes. <laughs> For unto you is born this day. I really love the you. Whoever you are reading this story, whoever you are hearing this, you're, it's, this is a message to you. You can have so many excuses and so many reasons why it shouldn't and wouldn't be. And I'm here to tell you that the Christmas story is proving otherwise. And it is saying, for unto you, whoever you are, is born this day. Not once you get your act together, not once you get all cleaned up and tidy, born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. That is the good news, the OG good news from the angels on Christmas morning when they said we have glad tidings. For you and you and you and you is born today. You can begin to experience the thrill of redemption today. And it's happening right here in plain, ordinary Bethlehem. And in case they doubted it, it's almost like the angel wanted to prove that to them in the next verse. And this shall be a sign unto you. If you're wondering if he's going to be your, sa like if your savior, if you actually wonder if we got the right people, this is going to be a sign that you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And to us, we read that, and the only time we think of swaddling clothes is when we actually just think of Jesus, mm -hmm. because we never think of that before. But to them, when they heard swaddling clothes, they actually would have thought of the lambs that they saved for sacrifice. Those are the ones that when they were born, they would wrap them in those same swaddling clothes, lambs that would actually be sacrificed for their salvation then, right? Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden, they're like, wait a minute, I know what those lambs are for. And if we see someone wrapped in those same clothes, that means that maybe it's going to be his sacrifice that saves us. He really is going to be a savior. And the angel didn't explain that to just like a broad 
audience, the angel actually said, no, listen, let me make this sense to you. Yeah, it was a shepherd's sign. Yes. Something only they would recognize. To the wise men, they got a star. And there must be reason why. Yes. There, there must be something in the way they understood the world, the way they looked to God, that that would have made sense to them. But to the shepherds, they get a shepherd's sign. And how tender that God is smart enough to realize that maybe we need to recognize Jesus in our own language, with our own things that are familiar. And maybe that looks like swaddling clothes. Maybe that looks like a star. Maybe that looks like a football field. Or maybe that looks like wherever you're going to find yourself, Mm -hmm. that he's going to say, no, don't worry. I'm going to make sure that you realize Jesus is in your place. He is going to be familiar to you. And the message is going to be one of sacrifice and redemption. That's the sign and the witness I want to show you of what he was born to the world to do. I I love that that's what, I'm not going to teach you that he's going to be a great miracle man. I'm not going to teach you about his sermons, although you will love them when they eventually come. But if I have time for one message for you, it's that this is the Lamb of God slain from the foundations of the world to redeem all of mankind, all of mankind, including you. And if this, then, then you know, if you know that, then 13 makes sense. And suddenly <laughs> there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Uh, I, one angel got the job to come and deliver the news, but everyone else couldn't stand it. They couldn't help it. The news was so good (laughs) that they burst through the clouds and began to sing and play their harps and to blow their trumpets and and to shout. And I would just like to say at the end of this year, like we said at the beginning, if the, what you hear is the gospel doesn't cause you to bust out the trumpet, then you haven't heard the right message yet. It is good news. And the angels were praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. She wanted to read that again, you guys. Wait, I didn't know that you read it. I just (laughs) forgot. You guys, I forgot where we were. And I was like, well, that was highlighted. I was like, I'll start there. And it came to pass. Yeah, well, it's good. They got to say it. They got to go too. I get to say it twice. I got my turn. Emphasis. It came to pass that as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go. We can't even wait. If he is in this same country, we have got to go right now, even unto Bethlehem, where he is, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. They couldn't even stand it. They had to run. They ran. They ran. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. I bought this nativity set i wish i would have brought it with me in israel and it has mary and joseph in the and the star above them and then there's a little angel kneeling at the manger with jesus in it and i loved it when i saw it because in my mind i thought this is how i want to think the christmas story went the angel came first saw for himself jesus then went to the shepherd fields and told them about it and then as you saw right there the shepherd said Now we want to go and see for ourselves. And then right there, once they'd seen it in verse 17, they went and they told everybody else what they had saw. And I I, I love that passing of the message down. I love that I I inherited the message of the story of salvation from my parents, from somebody else, and, and gave me a chance to see him and experience 
his redemption for myself and then I get to pass it on. And it's just, a, it's awesome that good news can travel so quickly and that we get to be a part and share, <coughs> whoa, in sharing that and, and, and letting other, and by telling other people, go see for yourselves. Remember Jesus' invitation in John 1, come and see and experience this for yourself. Mm. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Wonder is a fascinating word to me because not only does it include curiosity, but it also includes awe. And I think that that those two things should not be lacking in an experience with Jesus. All of mine usually happen because I am curious and all of them change me because of my awe. Mm. I just can't help it. You yeah. know, the, when they heard that story, they couldn't help but just live in wonder. That's so awesome. What great advice, P.S., to somebody. Yeah. You know, hey, live in wonder. Live in the wonder of God showing up in the ordinary and live in the wonder of God showing up in the present. Be curious about it and let him awe you. Yeah, I love that you posted the other day where you said that line, you don't have to be optimistic. You just have to be observant. Was that yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Be observant of the world around you and the wonder and the awe that's happening right, right in your own little Bethlehem. But Mary, it says, kept all these things and they pondered them in her heart. And that's not just her experience, although we wish we could hear everything that she has to say. But each of us will get a chance to like sit and let the stories and let the miracles settle on our heart. And I think that's just a powerful verse. And it's also a powerful invitation for Christmas time to maybe find a moment to let that story settle in. You've heard it so many times, it's become so familiar. It's on all the signs and all the walls and all the music. So let it settle in to your heart and let it capture you there. And for some reason, this has been my favorite verse this entire Christmas season. Like I think about this verse, anytime I think about the Christmas story this year, I've been thinking about this verse. And I think the reason why is I've never thought about what happened to Mary when she left the manger until I read that verse and actually thought about it and thought about her traveling home and what she was thinking about holding that baby. And I just wish I could ask her what her favorite parts were mm. because that is actually what you keep in your heart is your favorite parts. And I wonder if she thought about the manger and if that became her favorite part. And I wonder if the travel, just her and Joseph actually became sacred to her. And I wonder if when the shepherds came actually surprisingly became her favorite. Like, I wonder what were her favorite parts. And it just makes me think like when I look at my story, when I first met Jesus, when I walk away, like, what are my favorite parts? Mm. What do I want to keep? You know, even when I just read this story, like, oh, what are my favorite parts? What do I want to walk away thinking about? And I, I love that you just said this, this is the day she met Jesus. And, and she got a chance to think about, like, every, you know, just what that was like yeah. on, that, on that day. And everyone has a story. Everyone has this day when they met Jesus for the first time. And then, and then look at 20, the, just this last verse, and it says, and the shepherds returned. They went back to their old life, but they went back different. And Mary returned to Nazareth eventually, right? <laughs> but she went back different because she had, had, she had met Jesus. And it says, they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. All of us have been told promises. All of us have been told truths about Jesus. 
And the day they become real to us, the day we hear them and see them for, them, for ourselves, everything is different. From that instant, from that moment on, everything is different. And we, we may return to school or work on Monday. We may go back after Christmas break, but we go back different because we go back as a witness and we go back as a, of a recipient of that scandalous grace, that wide reach, and that love that changed the world, that split time in half on that night that Jesus was born. The Savior of the world, born for sacrifice, born to save the whole world, but particularly you. Everything about this story starts off ordinary. An ordinary girl, an ordinary boy, an ordinary town, an ordinary tax, an ordinary place, ordinary people coming to visit, just the most ordinary people, the shepherds. And all of them changed because of Jesus. He took ordinary things and turned them sacred. He took ordinary things and turned them holy. He took ordinary things and turned them extraordinary simply because of him. He's been doing this since Bethlehem, and he's still doing it today. We hope you have a really merry, happy, happy Christmas. We'll see you next week for our last lesson of the New Testament. Don't miss it. Uh, It'll be a great wrap-up for everything that we've learned about Jesus this year. Merry Christmas, everybody. Bye-bye. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.